0: Hey, this is the DM Discourse, a podcast about D&D focused on the experience at the table from behind the screen. I'm your host, Daryl, and today, after so long a break of episodes, I'm talking about getting back at running the game and taking some time off when you want to or need to. The city of the lion was in mourning. Shops had closed for the week, and in every street and canal, and behind closed doors, and in sunless alleys and private households of the nobility, and in the ramshackle warrens along the docks, there were only tears. All of Ukesh grieved for the death of the Lord Protector, guardian of their fair state against tyrants and dangers beyond the city wall. there the matter of ascension, and for what reason could that bring joy in the people's hearts? Were they to celebrate for the budding tyrant to ally with their foe, the prism wizard? Or the drunken lout so often in cups as beds not his own? Or perhaps the youngest who absconded with a bandit and forsook her family when needed most? Three children their lord had in his life, all three unfit in spirit. All these things were known to Fosen dwarven leader of the blood of the rat. The underking, he was called, but always did he have his sights high, beyond the station life had given him, beyond the sewers from which his den of thieves called home. He had in mind that his pulse was that of the city, and the hour had grown late for the old line of rulers. There would be blood in time. For now, there were other matters to worry for. Folk needed assurance of their protection, the slums were no safer than they were when the Lord Protector still lived, and his agents from places across and beneath the Jagged Sea sent word of grim tidings. All this weighed on Fozin's mind, heavy as a crown. What of their neighbors to the north? The land of Belward had long been since closed off to visitors. The great doors stayed shut and quiet. Any who attempted to venture beyond never returned, but word had reached his ears of some great terror, awakening deep in that territory. A foe so cursed, his presence struck fear into the hearts of all who beheld him. Long had it been since the raising of Belward and the slaying of its people, but rumors persisted as if there was still any life in that grey and misted place. And in all this sadness and plotting amidst the last summer's breath, a boat from the east sailed through the river gate, bearing the high observer of the church of Ullmund and his acolyte. We're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. We're back after months uh, on hiatus for a variety of reasons that I won't bore you guys with. Um, I guess this is DM Discourse back with season two. I, I guess it's season two. Like, I feel like it's season two. I feel like it's been long enough and the last episode had a finality to it for that arc that makes it going into season two permissible. Um, just at me at uh, DMDC podcast, if I've got the read of it wrong. Uh, Hope the time between has treated you all well. Since that time, my partner and I have moved uh, the entirety of our belongings to a new residence, so we're in the honeymoon phase of having a new place to live. With any luck, that means all of the hectic nonsense of the past few months will settle down and I'll be able to get back to making these episodes regularly. Coincidentally, that uh, will be the topic for today, getting back at the table. My group's in a lull and has been for some time, one that I'm not sure how we're going to get out of, but it isn't the first one that I have a go- I've had to go through uh, in a decade of the hobby. I'm sure by this point, if you've had this podcast as a jumping off point for you to start running games yourselves or have been playing role playing games for a while, you'll get to that point where games just go missed uh, week after week after week, and you kind of just stop. It's not your fault, it's not the other player's fault. It's not anyone's. You could be running games weekly, narratives of sweeping grandeur adored by you and your friends alike, carving another chapter into the rock that is your group's game. However like any other part of life, you can get burned out. I've been burned out plenty. Hell I'm even burnt out right now. And that's nothing to get discouraged over. It's perfectly normal to have lapses in creativity and motivation. There's weeks where my friends or I, or any combination of the two, just don't feel like playing. Doesn't mean you still can't meet, and doesn't mean you guys can't try out something new. With any luck, one of your other friends has become keen on running a game, for it's a chance for you to be on the other side of the screen and see their DM style, something I'm always in favor for. I'm a huge proponent of watching or playing other folks' games to see how they see the table during play, and perhaps even bring back something unique to your own table and your own style. What to do in the downtime, then? Between sessions and story arcs is always a great time to play something new at the table, but since the podcast is about Dungeon master advice, I want to talk about still working on your campaign, even when the party isn't really meeting to play. Even when you felt like you've set the pieces best you can for upcoming events, or are just trying to scrap together some cohesive tale for the party to stumble into next. Planning, while you don't feel like playing, is as good a time as any to prep for when you've got a session tomorrow night that keeps you up late from the excitement of it. Where your campaign will go is just as exciting to think about as where it just came from. Let's go back to our familiar party, the newly dubbed Heroes of Orlane. They had just returned from the swamp having defeated the vile spirit naga explicit to defilus and were wondering where did they go next now at level four they were starting to define their place in the world both in mechanics and roleplay. they needed a place where they could grow into the world and not be constrained by their surroundings you can have a campaign centered around one location something i've thought about for the future but i was using this campaign to also expand the geography of my world something i had never invested all that much time in so i made a city a place teeming with life, death, and possibility. And to make sure none of the adventurers had been to the city by backstory or from previous play, I crafted an entirely new location that I wanted to progress the story towards as winter fast approached by the in-game calendar. It would give them a place they could be relatively safe, but still expect a host of adventures to follow while they waited out the cold for the rest of the season. Rather than worry about what players could do in the city of Akesh, I started to populate it with peoples and things to serve as the next set of core NPCs to fashion story around. With a rogue in the party, I created a whereat thieves guild who would see um, the passing of the city's leader as an opportunity to undermine the social hierarchy of the city. The cleric visited the city earlier than the rest of the party. It was at the temple of his god Ulman he reached the rank he had always strived for, Inquisitor. This made him integral to the church's plans as much as those of the party. With party members running into people who would test their resolve, could they still work for their companions' good? Could they serve two masters? I'm sure you've had this inclination or thought occur to you with your own group of friends sitting at the table, what things you could put in front of them to perhaps sway them from their loyalty to the party. And I think that's a great uh, thing to take advantage of. And you definitely should. Nothing like creating conflict between friends. I also outlined a political situation of the city. The Lord Protectorate of the city had recently passed, and it was voted that the eldest of his children would inherit the title. Although the city's rule is done uh, democratically, it's done by vote, it is tradition that the family who ruled previously shall continue their reign through their heirs, should their reign prove fruitful. Of course, the most recent ruler would have a different way of doing things than her father, unfortunately leading to a clash with the aforementioned Thieves Guild, and, well, that's a story for another time. By planting seeds for a city that the party would visit, I gave them ample opportunity to explore without having to tie them down to one specific storyline to be encountered as soon as they pass through the gates. When the campaign is on hiatus and you find yourself thinking about where it could go next, focus on these smaller vignettes or interaction between the party and the world. Create NPCs who can challenge their notions and will interest one or two players to interact with. Paint scenes that will lead to the next grand adventure you have in mind. Never let yourself be too tied down to an idea either. Feel free to change it as your heart desires. Even in the span of a couple months, maybe if it goes that long, you can find an idea that throws everything you had worked on before out the window, but it excites you. Keep yourself thrilled about running the game and the ideas you have for it. Your friends will come back. Or perhaps, and hear me out, it's time for a fresh start. I'm not talking level 1 player characters, a new podunk Hamlet for them to relearn all the familiar um, uh, archetypes with the new visus and Nom de Guerre. Instead, extend the story your party is already crafting in a different theater. If, say, a fair number of your players are absent or you find yourself in a place you don't wish to advance without the full retinue, change the scenery. Have the party make new characters or take their existing characters away from their current location to an all brand new place. Scour the internet for a module that complements or fits your current storyline, or create one that goes along parallel to what the story is experiencing. At some point further down the line, the heroes of Orlane experience a schism that leads to one of their iconic members, iconic in the sense that other sentient residents of the world know who they are, leaving off uh, to go off on their own adventure. In reality, this worked well for the player, who had expressed interest in playing a new character and build after sticking uh, with the same one for so long. Eventually, the scenario I've just talked about came to pass, and the group was wondering what we would do in the meantime when they would meet up to play. So I set up the scenario. Antonio, the human fighter, traveled far west across the Jagged Sea that dominates the surrounding larger region in search of a tome for the wizard Mordenkainen. Mordenkainen had previously interacted with the party under a pseudonym, Kane. Not terribly imaginative, but I had the advantage that none of my players knew who Mordenkainen was, uh, not to mention Greyhawk as well. By setting up one of their long-lasting PCs to meet the wizard, I had done two things. The first was that I finally got to reveal to them who he was, after having spent actual years just having him pop up every now and then as some kind of helpful asshole. So that was great. The payoff for me was was great, but I think my friends who were just sitting more into or getting more into D&D found it neat once I had pulled back the curtain and showed them the trick. The second was that now the party could play these other characters who had, they had been thinking of, unrestrained by initial worries or fear of early character death. They were of lower level and essentially worked for Antonio, but it breathed new life into the story by putting new players on the stage. One day these sets of characters will meet. One day. That's a finale I've had in the tank for a while now, and I'm hoping we get to it in the near future. Um. Oh, and of course, there's the alternative: you can just run a pre-made module entirely. Rime of the Frostmaiden came out a few months ago, and that's what I've been running for the group now since we're uh, currently in between syncopation. The current campaign, dubbed What Lurks Below, has been uh, as much a joy to run from the first session to the last one we had, and I have an incredible longing to go back to it. But in the meantime, D&D with your friends is still pretty fun, and having an entire adventure book ready to go has made for many fun nights. Let's say, however, that it's simpler than even that. You just don't feel like running. The spark isn't there. Whether uh, Whatever drive you had when the campaign was in full swing feels like a distant notion. You prep and write, but none of it comes out correctly, and even during sessions that you try running, it can feel like you're half there. Maybe you catch yourself thinking that there's other things uh, you wish you were doing. I know I do sometimes. Give yourself permission to take a break. You work hard at being a dungeon master simulating an entire universe from the organ between your ears on a weekly basis there's nothing wrong with you if you don't feel like running you aren't going to let your friends down if anything maybe you've just been going too hard in the pain and could spend your time elsewhere for a little while inspiration can even come from those other places that you spend your time whether you spend it indulging in other passions or diverging your creativity elsewhere ideals will come along that will lead you to more imaginative places than before for your game. You'll come back, though, with the pulsing in your veins. Once you've had a taste of running the game, you can be sure it won't subside forever. Give it time. Don't try to force playing when you aren't up for it. Your best work will come with passion, and that's what brought you behind the screen in the first place. I've had long spans of time in between playing and running the game where I feel far less motivated to pour time and effort into it. But I find my way back, just like now, all it takes is time. I think that's all I got this week. Glad to be back here making episodes for y'all, um, even if this one is a bit on the shorter side. Keep an eye out on your social media feeds since I'm sure new ones will be coming along the way, and thank you so much to everyone out there who's been listening during the break that I've been on. It's been a tough year and a busy past couple of months, but I'm grateful that even you, one of you thinks my ramblings about how I spend my Wednesday nights is worth listening to. Um, if you're new to the show, somehow, welcome. I just put a tidbit here about how to get a hold of me in case there's something uh, you're looking to do. You can email me at dmdiscoursepodcast at gmail.com. I want to start adding a Q&A, so if you have anything you want to ask, please do. Also, you can keep up with what I'm doing by following me on Twitter at podcast. If you like what you're hearing, subscribe to the show on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcast, and leave a review if you'd like. That helps me out to keep making content that you all enjoy. As always, appreciate you all out there. Thanks for listening. Have a great week, and uh, Happy New Year.